Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Here's the thing, Key. All of those comments by Key and Jay on the hiring of Steve Nash, which has suddenly become as big as the uh, drama in the playoffs every night, that was all said in the first two hours. We're going to talk to the NBA's best insider, Woj, in just one minute. Stephen A. Smith coming up at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. He had some pretty fiery Ooh. comments saying that he thought Nash's hiring was white privilege in a league that's 80% black, that has five blackhead coaches and already fired two blackhead coaches this offseason. Jay, woo, what do you got? Get, get the fireworks ready for that <laughs> conversation at 8.30. Yeah, I'm going to sit and watch, man. I'm going to just let y'all go at yeah, it. Yeah, we got it. I couldn't watch the LeBron thing. I had. To, I couldn't watch it either. Well, yeah. I, I see 23 and gold. You didn't tell me I ain't saying his name no more. Yeah, 23 Not and today. gold. I can Not say today. his name. I'm good. Okay, real quick, as we wait for Woj, Sean Marks, the Nets general manager, was with us earlier. If you want to listen to it, it'll be on the podcast, which will drop soon. He essentially said, guys, I got you on the white privilege. I got you on the lack of black coaches. But straight up, the most qualified, best person for this job, without a doubt, I'm paraphrasing him here, but he was hardcore, nobody better equipped than Steve Nash. This is a relationship business. I don't care what anybody says. And the comfort level that you as a star player have with your head coach is imperative. It's monumental. Obviously, Steve Nash and Kevin Durant have an incredible conversation. I was witness to this a couple of years ago sitting at the boardroom table. That's a show that we do on ESPN+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And I watched KD and Steve Nash literally connect across the table from each other, Zubin, for an hour talking basketball specifics. Like the nuances of the game, schemes, time, situation. It was, it was incredible to watch, right? That relationship from him working with the Golden State Warriors, a developmental coach, and then obviously from a point guard perspective, playing the style that Kyrie likes to play. They have a relationship. I, I, I don't think that we had to get lost so much in the X's and the O's, even though I know it's important key. I, one of the biggest parts of being a coach is the personality management of it. Management, I think that well, goes a very long way. You said X's and O's, and I'll say that they got two Willies and Joes that push the button. Yeah. And that's Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So at the end, when you look at it, they got a pretty good future, a bright future ahead of them. I mean, Jock Vaughn's there. I'm comfortable. I like Steve Nash. I have, if it wasn't Steve Nash, then I would certainly have a different conversation right now. But because it's Steve Nash, Gets a little bit of a pass from me. No question. Jock Vaughn was the interim coach. He's going to stay in as the lead assistant. According to Woj, he will be the highest paid league assistant uh, in the NBA. He did a nice job. Second go around was with Orlando. Didn't get a lot of shine there, but clearly has worked his reputation into a positive way. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. And for more, we bring in the aforementioned Woj on one of the biggest stories in the NBA in a while. Woj, we were saying that this story is generating more heat than the playoffs. And if you watch the playoffs the last three nights, you know how great they have been. Bottom line, from all your sources, what's been the reaction around the NBA to this hire of Steve Nash to a four-year deal that you broke yesterday with the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, that it just might work, that, that it just might work. Steve Nash is someone who has had a lot of interest around the league uh, since he retired uh, to either run a team in the front office, to uh, become a head coach. And, uh, you know, I think for Nash, uh, he, the grind of playing and, and when he retired was something that he wanted to step away from. He's got a young family. They were staying on the West Coast. And he made a decision to wait until he was really ready to immerse himself in. And I talked to Bob Myers, the Golden State president, yesterday. And, you know, he talked about 
you know, being in Golden State for him, he wasn't there every day. He wasn't someone who um, was part of uh, the daily routine for the Warriors, but he'd come in, he'd work with players during the season, during the offseason, and he got a sense. He said, you know, he didn't take the class, but he audited the class uh, and saw what it was like for Steve Kerr to come in without uh, any coaching experience to come in and do that job and was around and saw what what Kerr had, the adjustments he had to make and the ways he had to compliment himself on his coaching staff. And then he saw how uh, Steve Kerr coached uh, Kevin Durant and he built his own, Steve Nash built his own relationship with Durant. I think he furthered his relationship with Durant. They knew each other and had one from years past. So I think there's some instructive uh, parts of the time he spent with the Warriors that are going to be helpful uh, to him with the Nets. Woj, seeing guys like Chauncey Billups come out and make a statement the other day about looking at coaches, how are other NBA teams viewing the Nets hiring of Steve Nash? Will that provide more opportunities for other coaches who maybe don't have similar coaching experience like Nash did not have? Yeah, listen, Chauncey Billups is going to be a head coach in the NBA. I had reported a couple of weeks ago that he was he and Ty Lue were talking about uh, uh, Chauncey going with Ty Lue to what, whichever one of these jobs Ty likely gets. Uh, I think there's still a good opportunity for Ty to be a head coach again uh, this year in the NBA. You know, he was offered the Laker job last year, turned it down uh, because of the length of the deal. Um, and listen, Chauncey was offered the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, president slash GM job uh, a few years ago, uh, right after LeBron left and decided not to take it. And Chauncey, and he and I had talked a lot about this in the past, he was very much on a front office track and then kind of moved away from it toward coaching. And so I think those opportunities have been there. We can go through the years uh, of, of individuals without head coaching experience who have a certain gravitas to them, a level of they, they've shown themselves to be great leaders in the league. And that's where the Steve Nash's distinguished themselves, the Chauncey Billups, uh, Doc Rivers, when he got a job um, with Orlando. Now, he didn't come right off his playing career. He had been in TV uh, and then uh, went to Orlando. So uh, there's always been this belief in the NBA that if you surround an inexperienced coach with the right coaching staff, um, that it can work. And listen, in Brooklyn, what's going to be unique for Steve Nash is there's, there's not a lot of time for a learning curve here, and there's going to be one because Listen, we, we, this is what, a, when they're healthy and we'll see what their roster looks like next year, let's say that's a, what, a 57 to 63 win, however we want to look at a regular season team. But the measure for Steve Nash is going to be when he gets into the playoffs and he's got to go up against Eric Spolstra and Brad Stevens and Mike Budenholzer and Nick Nurse, and you're going to be in like what we saw in Boston, Toronto last night. Can you draw up that play? Can you have your team in those moments um, uh, not be at a competitive disadvantage because you're new to it. That's how the players are going to judge their head coach. When we get in these situations in the postseason with a Kyrie Irving, a Kevin Durant, are you putting us in a position that we can win? And it doesn't matter in the end if you're Steve Nash and you're one of the greatest players ever or you're Nick Nurse and you, you, know, you never played uh, past uh, <laughs> being a walk-on in college. Did you help me? Did you put me in a position to help me win? That's all players care about in the end. The credibility of being Steve Nash 
gets the player's attention when he walks in the door. But if you can't show players every single day that you can get them better, that you're, that you're prepared and really grinding at it, that it's not going to work. And I think Steve Nash knows that coming into this. Well, uh, Nash is obviously off the board. The 76ers have a vacant spot open. You mentioned Ty Lue. There's Mark Jackson out there. Who gets this job and when will it happen? I think the Sixers are moving slowly. There's, and we had reported this right when Brett Brown was let go. Uh, they're looking at their front office and uh, to complement Elton Brand in that front office. I think there are going to be changes around him in there potentially. And I think they want to get, um, they, I think they'd like to move first in that area, uh, Keyshawn, to uh, if you're going to bring a new coach in, you want him to be on board with the, with, the, with the individuals you have in there. You want them to have a voice in the search. So I, I think the Sixers are going to address that first uh, before they dig in further. Now, I know they're making calls. I know, listen, Ty Lue is foremost in that conversation in Philadelphia, uh, but I don't think that's going to be a quick hire. What happens in in Houston if the Rockets, well, they're not going to get past the Lakers because those are my <laughs> Lakers, but if they don't get past the Lakers, what happens in Houston? Do they completely just explode that thing, blow it up? I don't know if they go that far. I, I think, listen, Mike D'Antoni's contract will expire at the end of the season when, whenever they're finished. Uh, he doesn't have an extension. He turned down uh, a couple different proposals in the offseason. It's possible they revisit it. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I think part of it's going to be how does this series go. You're right. They're a, they're a significant underdog in this series. Um, but, listen, they've had Mike D'Antoni has maximized that roster in Houston. They have not underachieved one year there. And when you look at how they played, and now how they've gone all in on small ball. To me, Mike D'Antoni is the only person to coach that roster and how it's built. Uh, but that doesn't mean he's going to be the coach here because he has a say in it too. Uh, he may or may not want to continue uh, there and, and certainly ownership. Uh, I think Daryl Morey has always been a tremendous supporter of Mike D'Antoni. And, uh, but w- we'll see when this season uh, is over. I don't think it's status quo in Houston if they lose to the Lakers. I think the problem would be changed on some level. I couldn't agree with you more on D'Antoni. Amazing. There were like 11 guys that got a third-place vote for Coach of the Year, and D'Antoni wasn't among them. It's amazing what he's been able to do. There's been some criticism for sure, but he has never underachieved as the NBA's best insider said. You can check out Sean Marks, the Nets general manager, on the latest edition of the Woj Podcast. We had Sean on earlier this morning, so check us out on our platform, and of course check out the best basketball podcast anywhere with the guy that made the biggest news in the NBA yesterday. Woj, the Woj, Woj Pod. So the thank Woj, Woj Pod. Go back to working out, man. Yeah, are you are you at the gym at the gym? <laughs> no, Damon. Damon Basketball, Buffalo, New York. Coach Mike McDonald. Just no. trying to represent here. Okay. Respect. Shout Respect out. Woj. Thank you, Woj. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> See you guys. Yeah. Take care. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. We're going to talk Cam and Brady legacy in one minute. But first, let's go from A to Z. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. And here's something I'd often said on the show. Let's start with baseball. <laughs> Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw, key 2,500 career strikeouts, got there yesterday, the best the lefty of his generation, adding to his Cooperstown plaque to be. You're watching on ESPN News. He's mowing guys down and keys giving oh, us Oh, the- <laughs> man, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to just watch Kershaw just deal, you know, a year or so ago, back problems in and out of the lineup. But when he when he's on, he's on. He's got some stuff. The uh, only current guys to be in the 2500 club, current guys, Verlander, Scherzer, Greinke, and Cole Hamels. And, oh, by the way, this all came in a Dodger win. They have 29 wins, the most of anybody in baseball. And after the trade line, the Padres are Keyshawn's second favorite team in California They're as also well. making so look, the playoffs. Man, look. shut up, man. <laughs> I mean, every team in California, but UCLA, apparently, you love <laughs> You don't want the Sacramento Kings either. NBA's longest playoff drive. Nobody wants to be associated with the I'm gonna Sacramento I'm going to call LeBron. You better leave me alone. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> that king of the right. Sacramento Kings. Which king we talk about? Uh, Davo Sweeney said Thursday he'd be thrilled to see the Big Ten and Pac-12 get back on the field sooner rather than later, an option that seems to have a little bit of traction that Key is totally against. Why you yeah, suck man? Man, I'm just tired of just trying to get these dudes to play college football, man. Let's just make sure they stay healthy. Key. They are going to play. I, I get it. So somebody going to play. They playing this weekend. I got it. But it's just, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, they played last night. They played last Saturday. We'll have Heather Dinich, college football playoff reporter, join us at 9, 10 a.m. Eastern for her thoughts. Obviously, Clemson in the playoff are like inextricably linked. The Pats, lastly, are officially going with... Cam Newton. Oh, uh, yeah, really? Hoyer? <laughs> Hoyer? No. Get okay. the breaking news thing out. Now, uh, this is a totally expected. Obviously, Stidham is still there. Hoyer, Brian Hoyer, as Jay mentioned, is still there. Not only is Cam the starter, he is also the team captain. So funny. The fact that he was also named an offensive captain seems like a big-time statement. This is unprecedented. There simply isn't an example of a player coming in two months ago and being named a captain. Okay, we'll get to the Cam replacing Brady talk in just one second, but one piece of breaking news, and if you guys feel the need to talk about it, let's, let's do it, because if you, you're hot on it, that's what we want to do. The Washington football team releasing running back Adrian Peterson. That a source told Adam Schefter that. Peterson's release first reported by NFL Network, just to give the proper credit. And uh, so what do you guys think about this? Let's go into Cam and Brady in a second, but we're talking about one of the greatest running backs of his it, era. It's time. I mean, at some point, it's time to 
walk away from the game. You don't ever want to be put in a position where they ask you to leave. And this is a situation where they're asking him to leave. Now, he obviously still wants to play football. And all. It's time for to turn the page, the next chapter of, is it AD or AP? Which one did he refer? I think he's referred to as both. both. Yeah, well, I think, I think it's AD that he likes. All dead. Yeah, I think yep. AD needs to move on and find something else to do. Does and he have th- anything left in the tank? You say it's time to go. Does he have anything left in the tank? I, it's just, it, it's time to go. To go right? mean leave football? Yeah, like, okay, let's, let's start the life, man. Let's not just keep hanging on. I mean, he's going in the Hall of Fame. He's done everything. He's accomplished everything that you could possibly accomplish as an NFL football player. And so now it's time. Let's just get the next chapter of our life going. I got to tell you, man, I think it was about six or seven years ago. I was kicking it in Vegas, and, and him and I were kicking it together. We spent some time talking. He is one of the coolest people to be around. Humble. Yeah. Very humble in his approach. And my thing is that the running Strong back hands. position. What? Strong hands. Okay. His hands is strong. Oh, you're going to break them. Never you heard another them. man say strong Man, hands. stop, man. Why, why are you getting on me? I just never heard another man say about another man's strong hands. He has strong hands. Okay. Talk. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just feel like the running back position, you know, the amount of times those guys get hit, man, the durability that those guys have. AP can do so many other things than play football, and he's played for a long time. As he said, Hall of Fame stats, he, he's done everything he needs to do on the field. And not to the mention, role. awesome college player. We just talk about the Vikings and all this stuff. He was ridiculous. I think we shut Oklahoma. him down at USC, though. <laughs> We'll look, that, we'll look that up. Hey, can, can we just keep that? We just got to keep that little tidbit, strong hands, and play that back every once in a while. Man, dude, if you strong if, hands, if you ever uh, had a chance to shake his hand, it's like, dude, you're going to break my hand. He swallows your hand. It, but he's, you know, <laughs> strong. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. They've got the full court cell phone coverage you need, just 45 bucks a month. Get to the unlimited plan, 25 gigs, high speed data, then 2G for up to 50% less than the big carriers. Only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at Straight Talk. LeBron, I got something for you. I want you to handle my lightweight. Strong hands, LeBron. Strong hands. Handle my lightweight. (laughs) (laughs) It's only apropos we were talking straight talk wireless and he was on his phone. So, I mean, if we're going to ever do it for a promotion, we might as well do it there. All right, listen. Everything but playing. Cam's got the talent. You think he could be 2015 Cam if he's healthy. Brady's record is what it is. But it's socially, it's culturally, it's fitting with a different head coach. He's outlandish. His coach is reserved. There's all the -the off-the-field stuff that people are wondering about Cam as he sets into a new phase. And that's something you wanted to discuss this morning. Well, I think you, you, when you look at it, because of the the area, the marketplace, it's different. They haven't traditionally been just, just open arms for black quarterbacks. Or the city of black, Boston, the city of Boston yeah. certain black athletes up right. there. And they've already came out a couple months ago. I don't remember what station it was, but they was talking crazy about Cam and his dress and his hairstyle. And, and so you wonder, now that he's shown that he's going to be the captain and the starting quarterback, and he'll probably win a whole bunch of games, how will they embrace that? Will they embrace it or will they still try and be you know, negative about everything with him in, in Belichick because that was a big deal. It was like, what, what's, how are they going to coexist? When the whole entire time, it's like Belichick is fine with everybody. When you think about some of the players that Belichick has gotten, whether it was a Randy Moss or Corey Dillon or, or Junior Seau or, or Chad Johnson or even an Antonio Brown, mm, maybe. no issues with those guys within that team and in that locker room. So 
people try to set this false narrative about Cam's personality and Bill Belichick's personality not meshing. I went through something similar with Bill Parcells when he took over. It was like, me, Sean, oh, what is Bill going to do to him? Bill Parcells is like one of my best friends. People was like now like, oh, I don't understand how you guys get along. It's like it, you get tired of hearing it. Well, it also feels like you're watching Bill Belichick's personality not change but open up a tad. Maybe like be a little bit more open. You're, we're hearing him, you know, kind of like things he never did about Tom Brady, like praising Tom Brady. He's kind of praising Cam Newton in a way. Effusively coaching him differently. And I will say this because the media forever – gets intertwined in between a team. You cannot help that. Some guys pay attention to it. Other guys do not. Like guys are going to do their job as it relates to the media. But how his teammates help you know, block that off, I think, is inevitable. And obviously him being voted captain by his teammates is everything. Culturally, can you imagine Bill Belichick being on the field at practice listening to Kirk Franklin? Can you imagine that in the team? Like That goes to show you how Cam's right, influence I, is on the I, team. I got to say, I don't want to so, sound dumb. Who's Kirk Franklin? What? Oh, I'm about to walk off the set. I'm about to walk off the set. I, I, I got I got to know. Key. He's giving me the Key, cold don't shoulder. go text the phone. Don't be angry. I mean, no, I'm not angry. I just, um, I got something else to do. <laughs> no, Kirk Franklin is a, music, a musician. Gotcha. He's a gospel. Okay. One of the greatest gospels of all time. But, but, but that's fine because I don't, you can say something I'm sure you tell me like we were having a conversation. It was like Taylor Swift. Kelly Clarkson, and was one more. Carrie Underwood. Well, Carrie Underwood. We, know, that's, we that's, know who they are, though. But that's all the same music to me. Okay, but you still know their names. I just wanted to understand yeah, your just, analogy. That's all. Right? I just want to understand. Look at face. When you say. <laughs> I'm so serious about it. I love it. I just want to know. Have you ever been to a Baptist church? Yes, I have been to a Baptist okay, church. Okay, how was your experience? It was great. I mean, it was one of those things where, for me, though, it's a totally different environment because I didn't grow up in that environment. Yeah, so how was it? How is it? Wait, don't get analytical. How, how, how <laughs> was the environment different? High energy. And yes. the one thing I loved about it is that the sermon that was given was about one thing and one thing only. I don't know if that's something that generally is there. He just had he had one thing he was super passionate on, and he spent a ton of time yeah, that's talking typ- about That's typical. But, you, if, but if I'm out in the what, audience, I, mean, if what, I don't know who that is. If I run like, you in there, though. About two weeks in a row, yeah, you gonna be. You hey, you gonna, hey. Be, you gonna be feeling hey. it? You gonna be established? Hey. I have no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get the spirit now. No, but it. it uh, <laughs> when you think about Cam and, and Jay Will alluded to Belichick, personality seems like it's opening up. Maybe Brady's personality mm-hmm. couldn't open up Belichick, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because I've been around him, and so Bill and I, we. We cool. We have real con- different type of conversation where most people will look at that and be like, I don't know how that could work. Great point, Key. So maybe Brady's personality doesn't do it for Bill. So Bill is just like, well, you're moving on, you know. Right. That sort of. And we've reported over the last 20 years from our Seth Wickersham, who's a great investigative reporter, and several other reporters that the relationship was not great, definitely, at the end anyway. So perhaps both needed a little bit of a break. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. That includes Steve. That would be Stephen A. Smith with his thoughts on Steve. That would be Nash. And the blowback that Stephen A. is getting... I'm sure he'll fire back next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now it's time. Now it's time. Stephen A. Smith is joining us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Stephen A. yesterday on first take, as soon as we essentially got off the air, essentially said, look, the hiring of Steve Nash was a move of white privilege. The league is 80% black. It's got five head coaches currently that are African-American. Two black coaches have already been fired this offseason. And so Sean Marks, the Nets general manager who hired Steve Nash, was on with us earlier this morning. And Jay Will straight asked him, Sean, was this a white privilege hire? We're in unprecedented times here, and, and, I, and I understand where St- uh, Stephen A. is coming from, but, I, you know, I think in this moment in time, you know, I'm looking to hire, you know, the best person, the best fit for this job at this moment in time, and that is undoubtedly Steve Nash. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for um, – Anything other than who is going to be the best fit with these particular players at this at, at this time, um, you know. As I said before, we we um, we did cast a very a very wide net, a very diverse net, and looking at candidates and and there's a lot of tremendous candidates out there without without a doubt. I mean, this is a this is a uh, a good time to be looking for um, whether it's you know assistant coaches, coaches, what, what have you, because there's there's a lot of really really talented individuals out there. Um, at the end of the day, it came down to you know, who we wanted to be the head of our snake, and and that's 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 Steve. And this is the other Steve, Stephen A. Smith, joining us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. You just heard what Sean Mark said, Stephen A. What do you say? Well, what I would say to you is that I think the wrong person was asked that question. I respectfully submit that my issue is not with Sean Marks. My issue is not is not with Steve Nash. Steve Nash was a tremendous player. Uh, he was uh, played a developmental role with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he's highly respected and adored by a lot of people within the NBA community. On its face, in terms of the individual he is, I'm incredibly happy for him. Sean Marks, is, as I consider to be a person that's doing an outstanding job in Brooklyn, uh, I have no doubt that he feels he hired the best man for the job looking at his roster and who he wanted to lead this squad, and I have no issue with him. The issue that I had was with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving signing off on this. And the reason I have an issue with them signing off on it is because Steve Nash, for all the superlatives I threw out there, has no coaching resume at all. 
And for him to not have a coaching resume and to never have coached in his assistant coach, never have coached to a, uh, never to have coached as a head coach and to walk into the media capital of the world, which is New York and to be literally inheriting a championship roster from day one, that does not happen for black people. And that is why I said it is white privilege. I said it yesterday. I'm saying it today. I'm going to say it next week. I'm going to say it next month. I'm going to say it next year. I don't give a damn what anybody says. And let me be very, very clear. When I'm talking about it, I'm talking about the fact that a black man with no resume to speak of at all does not get that opportunity. I'm not talking about the Derek Fishers of the world or the Jason Kids of the world, the Doc Rivers of the world who hadn't coached uh, or had never been an assistant coach or head coach anywhere before they got their jobs or even a Mark Jackson. I am saying those individuals inherited situations that involved rebuilding. They did not inherit a championship roster the way Steve Nash just did yesterday. That is what I am talking about. And I don't blame Sean Marks or Steve Nash for that. People who are asking them that question, I'm not talking about you guys, but a whole bunch of people yesterday, you know, that contacted me, that took offense to what I was saying or whatever the case may be. I said, listen, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about a Ty Lewis, Sam Cassell, the Mark Jackson of the world, people like that with resume that didn't even get a look. And there's the, I, I, take your time. I'll wait. Tell me a black man who has been hired on a championship roster with a, for his first coaching job that never had any coaching experience as an assistant coach or a head coach. Tell me. Take your time. I'll wait. No, I don't, I'm not going to take my no, time. What opportunities have came up like that, though, Stephen A.? What championship, opportunities, what championship opportunities have came up like that? Well, I mean, well, first of all, you had the Lakers where Shaq and Kobe were there and they hired Phil Jackson, but nobody could blame them for that. Um, I look at the Philadelphia 76ers, but I wouldn't consider them a championship roster. I look at the Golden State Warriors when they let go of Mark Jackson and they hired Steve Kerr, but they were a playoff team, not necessarily a championship roster. You know, I, there aren't too many examples that I can point to, Jay. What I can tell you is, and I stand by it, that those kind of things throughout history don't happen for black folks. NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, the list goes on and on. This is not confined to the NBA. I'm talking about a black man in the world of professional sports. These kind of things don't happen. And don't get me started on college football. So these are all college basketball. It doesn't happen. And there are certain things that we can look at as black people and say, hey, that would not happen for us. And that's all I did yesterday. But it wasn't pointing the finger at Sean Marks. The only reason I brought up Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, especially Kevin Durant, is because, listen, profound respect. This brother's a superstar, a great guy, two-time champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP, and he has, the, he, he has the right to think about basketball and stuff like that. But considering the climate that we're living in with all that we're enduring, when people are out in the streets protesting and stuff like that, it wasn't just because – Black men who were unarmed was getting shot by police officers. That was the tipping point. But really, when you saw the protest out there, it was really the voiceless trying to have a voice because of systemic things that have been going on throughout our history. This is one of those things where there's this proverbial glass ceiling and we've got to be twice or three times good to get half as much. This is the kind of stuff that we're talking about when we're able to look at things and say that would not happen for us. And that's all I was saying yesterday, and I stand by it. Stephen A., did you or do you feel like that 
Kyrie and Kevin Durant missed the mark on where we are today and it was more about winning basketball in the relationship that they may have with Steve Kerr? I mean, with, with I uh, Steve I Nash. Absolutely do. My bad, the Steve answer, Nash. The answer, the, the answer to your question is an emphatic yes, but I only say that in this respect, not because Steve Nash was hired. How about bringing some brothers into the interview process to make sure they're in the pipeline? How about making sure that we use this since, since, since they're so influential and so powerful, even though Sean Marks ultimately makes the call, there is no question that Kevin Durant and in all likelihood Kyrie Irving had to sign off on it to some degree. How about making sure some brothers got interviewed? How about making sure to publicize them so their name could be out there so we can know who they are and know that there's interest generated for those individuals. And we could be talking about them, too, before you hired Steve Nash. It's not just about Steve Nash being hired. It's about the process in which it happened. There's a Rooney rule in place in the National Football League precisely because of the kind of things like this that are transpiring. Now, granted, Steve Nash may have his relationship with the players, and I totally respect that, and he should. And again, one of the nicest guys in the world, highly knowledgeable about the game of basketball. I think he's going to do a great job, and I think he's going to have them compete for a championship. This is not to question the job that I think he's going to do. But based on resume, when you don't have one, but you're ultimately catapulted to the top, that is not something that happens for us. There's a Rooney rule in place in the National Football League because people who were perceived as being qualified were getting bypassed and ignored, and somebody came to the top. There's, something, there's, some, there's no centralized system when it comes to the NFL or the NBA where there's a process, process A, B, C. You go through the process before you ultimately ascend to that prominent position. We don't have that. And if you don't enforce that and you don't insist upon that, then what happens is you have a system in place that can justifiably be bypassed because there's no centralized system that mandates there's a process that you need to go through in order to get to that point. I just think we have to be careful because you start treading down a a, a line, Steve, where we start saying that, you know, hey, Kevin or Kyrie are turning their back on the black community, and that's not the case. I didn't say that. I know, but that's that's the way it feels like it starts to go in that direction. Like, hey, since they didn't hire an African-American brother who is qualified, that they're turning their back on the community, and that's not the case. And when you say that. But I didn't say that. Hold on, wait a minute. But, but, Stephen Nate, we, that, but when Jay. you say white privilege, you hold on, hold on. you're interviewing me. You're interviewing I me. I understand, but we're also that. talking to each other, I, I brother. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me answer that question. I did not say that. And I'm not even going off just about the hire. I'm talking about the process, particularly considering the times that we live in. And, and you know, you are entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. I get it. I'm not backing up. And I'm telling you right now, this is something that I, if you look at my history, I brought this stuff up about black coaches. This ain't new, Jay. I said it last month. I said it last year. I said it two years ago. I said it five years ago. I said it 10 years ago. I've been in this business for 27 years. I've been saying the same stuff. Just on first take a few months ago, I pointed out how there's a diminished number of African-American coaches. And guess what? I called the players out literally as a collective body because I said, excuse me, you're seeing a dissipated number of African-Americans coaching in the National Basketball Association, and y'all players don't have a damn word to say. I've said that on first take. So this ain't new. The fact that Steve Nash got hired yesterday and Sean Marks wants to come on the air and defend himself, even though I didn't point the finger at him, the bottom line is is that it's a very sensitive topic as it pertains to our community and professional sports. I have brought it up my entire career. It is not just yesterday. 
So if you want to take it as, oh, Kevin Durant, or I'm saying this about Kevin Durant, or I'm saying that, if I was saying that precisely about Kevin Durant, that's exactly what the hell I would say. But I'm not saying that. I am simply saying Steve Nash, with all due respect, and wishing him nothing but the best, he doesn't have a resume. But there are a whole bunch of people that did that even that didn't even get looked at. And that's a problem, in, particularly in this time of sensitive social justice issues and all of this other stuff. When we got two brothers on the news on the Brooklyn Nets who are superstars in this league, clearly with cachet. And Steve Nash is just hired. We don't know who was interviewed. You don't know if even a black candidate was interviewed or whatever the case would be. And nobody says anything. Nah, I'm not doing that. I'm saying something. So, period. So, Stephen A., who, okay, ultimately, not necessarily anyone's fault, right? Ultimately, who do you look to to get those interviews done? Is it is it the two superstars or is it the general manager, the president, the owner of the team? Who do you look to? Preferably all of the above. But when I say the two superstars, that matters in the case in Brooklyn because Kevin Durant is a true superstar. Kyrie Irving is a superstar. These brothers have say and have impact. And because they have impact, okay, you want to hire Steve Nash? That's fine. Can you interview some of these brothers? Can we make sure that we go through a process to make sure they get some shine, make sure they get recognized? Ty Lue is a champion. He's a champion. This is not just an assistant coach on the Clippers. He was the head coach in Cleveland. He's a champion. Mark Jackson built the foundation for the Golden State Warriors before Steve Kerr took it to another level. And, oh, by the way, he starred at Bishop Lachlan in high school in Brooklyn. Started at St. John's University. Was rookie of the year for the New York Knicks. He's a Queens native. He can't get an interview? Bob McAdoo been an assistant for Pat Riley for years. The man's won titles. He was a perennial all-star. He won in Europe or whatever. Not even a look. Sam Cassell has been an assistant in D.C. Now with the Clippers. Can't get a look. Stephen A. Can't get a look. Steve, Stephen A. You know I understand what you're saying. Ultimately, though, with those brothers, those young dudes, they've got to hire people that's going to show them and help them guide them to do those sort of things because they're thinking about basketball and winning championships. Can I bring, can I bring this home? Bring it can home. I, bring bring it home, home, man. Bring it on. We, we work for ESPN. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say I'm a, I'm a prominent name at ESPN. What did you say? I, would agree. I, I think Keyshawn Johnson, you're a prominent name. Jay Williams, you're on NBA countdown. Now you're doing the radio. You're doing a great job on college basketball and all stuff. You, 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 you matter. The fact of the matter is, is that, we never, we never went to management and, 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 and had discussions about brothers and sisters being hired and addressing the diversity issues. I know I had. Well, you know I okay. have. So, I have. So, 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 and, and I know you have, and I know you two have too. That's why I brought it up. What's wrong with somebody like me pointing out, yo, KD, yo, Kyrie, we, we, we couldn't make sure we did that? We, we couldn't make sure we did that? We do it everywhere else in the society. We hear people getting on us to make sure we do it. So what's wrong with us returning a favor? If we're not doing something, if we're not addressing certain issues, whether privately, directly, or publicly, you're trying to tell us you ain't have a player or two or 10 or 20 call you out in some capacity and say, yo, man, you need to bring attention to this. What's wrong with me doing it? 
Nothing wrong. I'm not you talking don't. about. I'm not, I'm not talking about firing white folks or denying white folks the opportunity. It's a white man's world. Sixty percent of the population is white. We understand how this goes. But all I'm trying to say is that as a black man, particularly a black man in a prominent position that understands what's going on and seeing, you know, the forest from the trees and recognizing what's going on in the NBA with this whole analytics movement and these analytic brothers hiring one another. But it's never usually black people, by the way. Excuse me. The numbers are dwindling before our very eyes in a league that's damn near 80 percent black. Now, people might want me to be quiet. Here's my response to them. Go to hell. I'm not going to be quiet. Gotcha. I'm going to keep raising hell and making noise. And Y'all ten, have a nice morning. You got it. At 10 a.m. Eastern, we'll get more from Stephen A. I think I know what the first segment of First Take is going to be about just a hunch. Stephen A., thank you very much. Still to come, our smart picks, our weekly Friday picks in sports and movies. That's next. Good morning. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. It's our weekly smart picks brought to you by Redbox. And the smart pick this week is Bad Boys for Life. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, again. Three was three was not good. Three wasn't good. I didn't like three. One and two was legit. One was even better because Martin was coming off Martin, right? He was coming off the, big, TV, show. the TV shows, a couple big mama houses. So it was like, <laughs> well, you laugh. It was. It was like, okay, he's still kind of. Martin, funny, but then when you get, I don't know how long it's been, 20 years down the line, it's like, eh. Jay? I, I just got to tell you, young Kyrie, I think it was Bad Boys, young uh, Kawhi, not Kyrie, excuse me, coming to the door in Bad Boys 2. Reggie, that, 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 that moment is one of the funniest moments in my life because I have a daughter, and you know, if you have a daughter out there, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and That little sure. boy comes to the house, like my daughter's too, she'll be playing with little kids. I'm like, look, man, I'm watching you, dog. That's Why, on- What are you, Reggie, what are you, 40? <laughs> You can check that line out. You've never out. seen that movie, have you? You've never seen on- Bad Boys too, because you'd even laugh at it. Of course not. Rent the newest <laughs> releases fresh from the theater at the box or on demand. At the top of the hour, uh, Stephen A. just went stunning. nuclear, nuclear. You'll hear now. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.